You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! What is up, Goat Flippers? Welcome to the best hardcore and metal podcast on all the internet. This is Liam Goat's Van Flip Podcast, and I am your host, Lurk. Let's go ahead and dive into the top five stories on LiamGoat.com this week. Number five, The Devil Wears Prada Z2 Sales and Chart Result. The Z2 EP debuted at number 110 on the Billboard 200 chart with first week sales of 950,000 in the U.S. Most of that was comprised of pure sales. Also, spoiler alert, look out for an upcoming episode featuring Mike, the vocalist of The Devil Wears Prada, coming in the next few weeks. Number four, Edic, featuring members from Drop Dead and ex-members from Barrier Dead, premiere two new songs. The unfriendly-sounding band features original Barrier Dead frontman Joe Kruko on vocals and Drop Dead bassist George Radford on guitar. Number three, ex-Atreyu vocalist Alex Varkatsis forms new band Dead Icarus. Coincidentally, Alex dropped this news on the same day that Atreyu released new album Baptized. Number two, Slipknot announced Knotfest Roadshow. Slipknot has announced the return of their Knotfest Roadshow. The four-week tour will take place in the fall and also feature Killswitch Engage, Fever 333, and Code Orange. A full list of cities and dates can be seen on lambgoat.com. And the number one story is Bad Wolves add Daniel D.L. Laskowitz as new vocalist. Laskowitz is best known as an original member of the Acacia Strain, serving as their guitarist and primary songwriter from 2001 until 2013. The group expressed their excitement to officially announce the Bad Wolves' new singer and you can read the full press release on lambgoat.com and now a list of albums dropping this week june 11th 2021 afi crypta interloper wrist meat razor and organ donor well guys welcome to the show i hope you enjoyed last week's episode featuring brian gills of red fang he is the guitar player and they just dropped a new album arrow so make sure you check that out and if you haven't checked the episode out take a listen I'm recording this intro directly after watching the Logan Paul Mayweather fight, and I can't tell you how disappointed and boring that whole thing was, so I'm trying to get jazzed up to do this intro. Luckily, it won't take much, because today our guest on the show is Dino Cazares, famed guitar player for the industrial metal band Fear Factory, but also plays in Asiano, Bruja, and Divine Hearsay. And on this short episode, we talk about Fear Factory's newest album, Aggression Continuum, coming out on June 18th through Nuclear Blast, the split between the band and Burton C. Bell, and get some backstory on Dino's other projects. Remember to follow Lambgoat on social media, give us a like on Facebook, and you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Lambgoat. Head over to Lamb goat's youtube page and you can find all of these episodes in video format plus other lamb goat content make sure you hit the subscribe button and the alert bell so you're always notified when new episodes or content is uploaded and if you're listening to us on a device where you can follow us subscribe to us rate us or review us please go ahead and take the quick second to do so it greatly helps us out with the podcast reach and algorithm stuff and if you want to follow me lurk the host of the show you can find me on twitter and instagram at lurk city that's l-u-r-k-c-i-t-y don't forget that all related links to the episode are going to be in the show notes slash description so check those out now let's go ahead and roll into the show i want to go ahead and apologize for it being a short episode this week unfortunately dino had a scheduled day and we only had a lot of time with him so we enjoyed it thanks dino maybe next time we'll get to spend a little longer together oh yeah what's this i feel this 
Oh yeah, this is stuff. Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. What is up? Welcome to the Van Flip Podcast. Uh, today we have a very big name in metal, industrial metal, and for the scene in general. Someone who's been around for quite some time since the '80s. Dino. He also goes by Asino and uh, Asasino. 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 It's yeah. I really am bad at pronouncing anything, so it's. It's my fault. It's all good. But you also are called the Riff Master and the Beef Riff Ma- Beast Riff Master, as, as so I've I've found out. The so, Riff Beast. The Riff, Riff Beast. Beast. Yes. But hey, thank you for that uh, very large introduction. Um, it's Dino Casares is the pronounce correct way to pronounce my word. Uh, my name. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I've heard people say Dino. The guys in Pantera used to call me Dino. Come here, take a shot. Is that because that of the was, glam uh, metal thing, though? Is that because they they maybe they knew you didn't like them because of glam metal? They had a little phase and early. No, I never said I didn't like them because they were glam metal, but they were uh, just friends of mine. They like to call me that. <laughs> Their nickname for me, and uh, and it was a uh, you know, it was uh, based out of love, nothing but hates. So that's good. Well, you also, I mean, I remember when I first got into my own like vein of music, Fear Factory was already an established band. So you guys came in around, you know, the late uh, 90s for me and early 2000s with, I remember Digimortal, but then I kind of remember, I didn't hear about you guys for a long time. And, you know, later on, I kind of clued in and got to the internet and you guys already kind of like dispersed for the first time then. But, uh, you know, you guys were always around when I was just getting into heavy music, so to speak. So that was really cool. And so it's cool for me to have you on the show, obviously, because full circle, right? Well, thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. No problem. You guys have a 10th studio album coming out. I mean, you guys have been doing yep. this thing for a long period of time. So Aggression Continuum comes out on the 18th, June 18th, 2021. But uh, we'll release this the week of, so this week. Uh, and I know you guys have, uh, it's been a long, hard road kind of up until here. So how does it feel to come, you know, almost to the end of the tunnel? Well, it's been great, uh, very liberating to finally be able to get this record out to people. Uh, you know, we've been through a lot of things, you know, to get here, not just in the past uh, couple of years, but in the past 20 years, you know, we've gone through our fair share of legal battles, you know, divorces, bankruptcies, and, you know, and, you know, he said, she said type of stuff, but we are finally here. And we are finally getting this record out and it's fucking amazing. And I can't wait for everyone to hear it. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's been a couple of years uh, in the making. I know it's been like five years since you guys last released an album in general. So, uh, you know, and I know a lot of it, I, you guys were kind of scheduled to release it a little earlier, but COVID kind of messed it up a little bit, but I know you guys had a long road prior to that too. It wasn't just COVID you guys, like you had elaborated on, it took a while in general. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily COVID. Um, it was because we were in a uh, trademark dispute under the band name Fear Factory. So because that was held up in court for the past four years was pa- pa- part, of the, uh, part of the reason why we couldn't get it out, you know. 
So at one point we weren't even sure if we were even going to call this record a Fear Factory record because mm-hmm. we thought maybe we were going to have to change the name. But good thing that we didn't. And fast forward to July 2020, um, the, all the legal disputes were over and we were able to regain the rights to the trademark Fear Factory. And uh, we decided that uh, June 18th was the best date for us to get this record out, 2021. That's awesome. And for us not in the business, so to speak, what does it mean to be the sole owner of the trademark? So to speak? Yeah, like, what does that mean for you? It means that I'm responsible for everything that happens with uh, the majority of Fear Factory stuff. And I can um, continue to move forward to legally use the name Fear Factory. That's what it means. Awesome. And you're in this current lineup, so to speak, because uh, Burton has, has already announced, you know, last year that he was no longer going to be the vocalist. And we'll get around to that as well. But you're currently the only sole original member of the band, correct? Yes, I am the uh, sole original member of Fear Factory. That is correct. Yes, yeah. Burton decided to leave uh, the band last year, which left me to um, getting this record out. Uh, and, uh, you know, get these videos done, doing all this publicity for it and, uh, working the album and, and, and being able to present it to the world to hear. Yeah. And I mean, you definitely have been on the grind, uh, so to speak recently here. I've seen you, you pop up all over the place, uh, whether it be in YouTube playthroughs or other podcasts or other kind of social media stuff. So I know you've definitely been on the grind, so to speak. So kudos for that. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I got to stay busy. You know, I'm helping. Uh, I'm here promoting this record and getting it out to everybody. Um, but, you know, it's it's been it's been pretty uh, it's been pretty rough. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know you've been, you've been saying of, you've been a lot of the some, backlash. Yeah, some stuff negative like stuff yeah. thrown your way. I was going to wonder, like, so what what's it been like being so active on social media when in a time for the band, it seems like uh I don't want to say a low time, but, you know, it is a rough patch, so to speak, for the band. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm not unfamiliar with rough patches because we've been through a lot of rough patches in my career. Whether it be in Fear Factory or other other uh, projects that I've worked on, it's just the nature of relationships. You know, just how um, things work out sometimes. You know, sometimes it's beyond your control and you just have to sit there and... Uh, deal with, you know, the media's questions, the fans' questions. You know, uh, when our singer decided to part the uh, to part from the band, you know, he definitely left a lot of negative comments to where people were asking a lot of questions and fans were pissed off and fans wanted to know a lot of the truth of things that happened. And I was uh, vo- very vocal on social media trying to answer the fans' questions as, as uh as PC as possible, you know, and trying to, you know, just to help them understand. I understand that some of them are upset and some of them are grieving because of some of the changes that are happening in this band, but I just wanted to be the buffer and I wanted to be that person to hopefully help them understand, you know, sometimes things change, right? Uh, And sometimes people don't want that change. Sometimes people fear that change. But I'm here to tell them that, look, there's no fear. You know, things are going to, things happen for a reason. And I think that this is a good opportunity for the band to 
hopefully move into a new chapter. You know, and definitely I'm not going to forget the 30-year history of what we what he left behind, the singer, and we're going to respect that 30-year uh, uh, body of music that we all created and, and uh, carry that forward. You know, that's the only way that I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. Now, I did, in researching a little bit about, you know, your kind of tumultuous history over the years, because I had to get reacclimated with, like, the earlier times and stuff like that, obviously. Well, so, if you read stuff on on Wikipedia and stuff like that, they're not, not just exactly there. I, I, facts I know, I and, know. And, you know. I know anyone can change that. <laughs> there's been going, there's been like this thing where like everywhere they report the band started in 1989, but we did not. We just started October 1990. And it just, for some reason, just does not go away. Yeah. Maybe it's because you were already in the music industry prior to that. Well, I was in the music industry because I was doing a, another band called Brujeria, which was before Fear Factory. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not sure you're familiar with that band. But no, the ones that you wear masks, it's all about like uh, uh, Mexican cartel songs and, and uh, issues like that and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, so we were doing that way back, you know, when we first, uh, when I first came onto the scene. Um, so maybe, I don't know, but uh, 1990 was when the band officially first became Fear Factory. You kicked it off. And, I mean, you guys, there's such a difference between, I guess, that band and your brute. Uh, I don't even want to mispronounce Brujeria. Brujeria. Yes. Yeah. There's uh, a big difference between Brujeria, Asesino, and Fear Factory. Right. And uh, Divine Heresy. Right. Like every project that I work on, I try to be uh, pushing the envelope forward. You know, when we did Brujeria back in 88, 89, we were pushing the envelope because there was not any band that I can actually think of at that time that was singing, you know, brutal grind death metal uh, in Spanish. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And we were on an American label called Roadrunner Records. You know, there wasn't, I can't think of any band at that time. So to me, that seemed like it was a first. And then, um, you know, then jumping over and doing um, Fear Factory, you know, and pushing the envelope there and, and putting you know, uh, melodic vocals and heavy vocals together and syncopated guitars and drums, you know, on our first early releases, that was pushing the envelope there as well, too. So I kind of feel good that I was able to be a part of those bands that were doing something different at that time. Yeah, and the the cool thing, I was going to say weird, but it's kind of cool as well, or it is cool. You guys, Fear Factory, uh, transgressed, so many different genres. I mean, your your song you just released, uh, Disruptor. I mean, that thing is like, you know, that's a banger. So it's it's so weird because I I remember you being a part of the new metal wave for me personally, right? However, mm-hmm. you guys were a band ten years prior to me even, you know, catching wind of you. So that's just. But I'm you kind of like mainstayed for so long, like you've crossed different you know, genres, genres. And, and industrial metal to, you know, <laughs> the casual metalhead can, can jam out to it. What do you think has like played a, the biggest role of that? Like maintaining that mainstay, even through like all the low and high times that you guys have had over the 30, you know, 30 plus years. Well, there's been, there's a lot of factors that, but, but I think two of the main factors is just being, um, listening to what's out there to, uh, well, actually, number one should be creating something original, 
and then not being afraid to blend other elements of music into your music and always trying to stay fresh. Every time we approach the album, um, every time we approach to make an album, we try to try to take it somewhere different. Like if you look at the first four albums, Soul and the Machine, D-Manufacture, Obsolete, and Digimortal, were all four completely different records. And it represents a time, a place, and an era, and even a genre. Uh, um, you know, because in 1992, the death metal scene was massive, right? right. Death metal grindcore scene was massive. So our answer was, okay, let's do this death grind, throw in some industrial, but put in these melodic vocals. And that even then, at that time, was very groundbreaking because nobody was putting those kind of melodic vocals into a very aggressive record, right? And so we got a lot of backlash and a lot of love at the same time. The same thing that people hated were also the same thing that a lot of the people loved. And so that got us a lot of, a lot of attention. Um, and then when we went to um, D Manufacture, we brought in huge electronic elements and, you know, we, we, we kind of solidified our sound. We concentrated on the 10 best songs and we focused on those and we were like, okay, let's cut out all this other fat and just make these fucking ripping songs that just are super hooky, you know, mm-hmm. super melodic, super aggressive. Um, and we pushed the envelope there and we created a new sound and people just are really attracted to it. And I think that was one of the benefits of, you know, being in a band that wasn't afraid to experiment with different styles and expand on their sound. Then when we get to Obsolete, which is the third record, that's 1998. At that point, you know, new metal was starting to fucking pick up and get big. Right. You know, you had, you had, you know, the early corn records that were, you know, selling, you know, millions of records and so on and so on. And we were like, okay, you want that fat groove? We're going to bring you that fat groove and we're going to fucking make it Fear Factor style. You know, there's like, there's like a song like Shock. It's got a pattern. The pattern in Shock was this fucking fat groove, right? Mm-hmm. At the same time, the kicks and the guitars were doing this syncopated riffing, something that we started way back. You know what I mean? Right, right, Syncopated right. riffing, but we made the fucking, gave us some fat groove to it. And uh, that was kind of like our answer to what was currently going on in the music scene you know songs like edge crusher uh you know and then we had such a very amazing orchestral fucking you know metal song called resurrection and that took the band to another new level with that with that track you know we had the symphony orchestra the vancouver symphony orchestra in vancouver canada came out and played on that played on that song and we thought it would fit well. And just, you know, we always try to push the envelope as much as we possibly can. That's cool. And since we're touching back on, like, the earlier times where, you know, uh, Digimortal and stuff like that, um, after kind of, I think, Burton left the band the first time and then the band kind of was put on hiatus or, or hold for a number of years or a year or two. And then um, is there anything, like, you personally would do different from that point on till now? Like outside no. of, of what you kind of already, you know, kind of laid the groundwork for, you would have done the same? No. Uh, yeah, I would have pretty much done the same. But, you know, maybe during Digimortal, there might have been a few little things I would have changed here. But, you know, when you're in a band, you know, you got to be, uh, you got to 
when you're a band, sometimes you have to let other people bring their elements into the group, into the group. Right. And that's right. just how it is. But when the band broke up there in 2002, um, when Burton quit in 2002, I was actually kind of uh, glad that they kind of came back without me because it really freed up my time to do other things. I was able to finally do a tour with my band, Brujeria. Mm -hmm. I was able to finally get my first Asesino record out. Um, I did the Roadrunner All-Stars, right? Mm -hmm. I did two Divine Heresy records, and then I did the second Asesino record. So that was five records that I put out from 2003 like to, 2000, like. to 2009. What's that? Okay, okay. I was going to say a four-year span, but it was more like an eight-year span. <laughs> yeah, it was like a seven-year span. And so I put all these records out while they only put out two. <laughs> well, it, took so the, it takes you guys a little longer, so. right? It takes your factory just what? a little longer to get everybody on the same page. It, it, it sounded like. I guess. I don't know. But... For me, I was able to, it was very liberating because I was able to, you know, expand on my playing. Uh, I was doing guitar solos, playing with different drummers, playing with many different musicians. And it was just, uh, it was a very liberating thing. And I was very, at first, the first few months, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm out of the band. What's going to happen? They formed the band without me, basically, right? Without your knowledge and so and I was stuff, like, you're saying, right? Without you knowing? Yeah, they formed the band without whatever. And so... Um, so it was very liberating. And I was like, oh, shit, what do I do? You know? And I was like, it took me about two, three months to figure it out. And I was like, okay, time to fucking get to work. Let's go. Yeah. So, you know, I did a bunch of stuff. The Roadrunner All-Stars was amazing to do that record. Uh, to tour South America. All through South America was amazing. Brazil, Argentina, Venezuela, Chile, you know, Uruguay, Peru, uh, you know, Mexico. All that stuff was amazing. Yeah. To go out there with my bands, Brujeria and Asesino. That was places I haven't gone before. Colombia, fuck! I had such a blast out there. I mean, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, the, fans out there are insane. I do remember. Very, sorry, go ahead. Finish your finish your thought. Very, you know, Latino people are very passionate about the music, and so it was really good to go out there and have whole different, uh, whole different fans right. who were not necessarily fans of Fear Factor at all. Right. They were fans of my other projects, and that that was great. And, Brujeria is massive in those countries, and Asesino is right there behind it. Asesino, so it was really good to go experience that. Asesino is a side project of Brujeria, right? Because isn't your character's name in the band Asesino, and you play a, like a hitman of some sort, correct? Or that's the yeah. story, in so the storyline, I, I was I'd say not you play so in this in the storyline. Yes, my character name was called Asesino, which means assassin. Basically, he carried out all the hits for the uh, Brujeria cartel, basically, right? And so we, um, I decided to do a solo band from that, based, based off that concept and into the character of Asesino into a whole new thing, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, so I was able to do all that stuff when I was out of Fear Factory. And then when I came back into Fear Factory in 2010, I released the second Divine Heresy record and the first return record called Mechanize, uh, which was both in 2010, and both of my bands toured together, Divine Heresy and Fear Factory. Um, mm -hmm. And so ever since then, I was like, okay, I need to figure out what 
I'm going to spend most of my time doing because one, they both need commitment. They both need time and commitment. So I ended up, you know, kind of breaking up divine heresy to continue to move on with fear factory. That was, uh, that's a later question I was going to ask, but since you just brought up divine heresy, I some people want to know if there's going to be a reunion of that coming forward. I mean, now that obviously you have a new album with Fear, Fear Factory out, that that hurdle is here. We're not quite touring just yet as as we were normally previously. So uh, I don't know if Fear Factory has anything you know on the schedule or anything like that. But maybe you're you have a little bit more ample time to maybe focus on other. Well, projects. Uh, well, currently my schedule right now is talking to at least ten different journalists a day. Yeah, again, right? you're on the hustle. Uh, I, I've uh, seen that. <laughs> I'm on I'm on the grind right now, and I'm uh, promoting this new album. So that's the number one thing. Second thing is, uh, you know, as when the record finally comes out, June, uh, to move forward with a new singer. It's going to be a big thing there. So I got a lot of Fear Factory stuff in the works. It's going to be very difficult for me to do another uh, Divine Heresy record. I've been trying to get an, another uh, Asesino record finished. and we're, We've been about halfway there, but to go any further has been very difficult. My time is very limited at the moment. Um, you know, it's all full steam fear factory right now. Yeah. I mean, juggling more than three projects at one time can be hell and you do more than that. So, uh, yeah, I can, I can only imagine. Well, I try not to do, I try not to have them overlap each other because in some cases I've learned that one will suffer, you know? So it's like, I try to, you know, just focus on that one thing that I'm doing. So it, that way, you know, certain things won't suffer, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. when you're trying to rush and get things done, sometimes it doesn't always work out well. Yeah. And um, so with the Fear Factor, do you guys have shows like planned for this year at all? Or are you guys going out on the road no. here in America or Europe, nowhere? Hmm. No plans this year to tour, uh, not till next year. Interesting. And um, what's, why is that interesting? Just, I don't know. Just because people are, okay. people are starting to play shows, you know, we're we're currently having shows going on, and so yeah. it's always good to and gauge. You, you know, and you let those people you let those people do shows. I mean, it doesn't mean everybody has to be on the same schedule. So, um, I didn't know if yeah, I had anything those, to play with play into you guys releasing the record, you know, as well as you know with everything yeah. lifting or getting almost you know back to somewhat not normal. Yeah, well, you know, what's going on out there in the world is pretty much uncertain. There are a lot of countries that are still going through, uh, you know, you got India and Brazil who are going through pretty insane COVID right now, and there's still a lot of COVID restrictions. There's still a lot of traveling limitations, Mm -hmm. you know, to go into certain countries, and certain states are not open all the way yet. So it's going to be quite a while before, you know, before anybody can do some serious touring. Sure, there's shows here and there, and there might be some festivals booked here and there. We don't know if those festivals are going to happen or not. Everybody is trying to move forward like it is and hoping that everything's going to uh, be open by July, August. And let's hope. But that doesn't mean there can't be another COVID outbreak and things can get shut down. So we're just playing it safe and taking our time, no rush, and get get the record out and then... uh, tour next year sure and do you guys like you said you were looking for a new singer is there any kind of updates on that or do you have like a, a dream lineup of people that you would like to maybe try out or um i think i have a really good track record of finding new talent and jamming with um 
new people and finding new singers here and there. Um, the main thing is just to put this record out, get it out, focus on this thing, um, announce a new singer coming up and, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, do, this is just off the top of my head, just thinking out loud, maybe just doing a, uh, a live stream where we announce the person and, um, maybe do a few tracks so you can see how to see how this person sings with, you yeah. know, uh, certain old and new tracks. So. So is this person already from an established band or are they kind of like a new person in general? You don't have to tell me the band. Just, I, just I can't, I can't, I can't answer those okay. questions. You'll, <laughs> you know, cause if I, if I give too much, there's just not going to be anything, you know, special when we make the announcements. I understand. You said new talent. So I just didn't know if this person was already an established vocalist or if they were just kind of like, you know, a lucky person. So we'll leave it up, up in the air until you guys do your live stream. Speaking of live streams, do you guys, uh, do, do you plan on utilizing social media more? You know what I mean? Uh, with I saw you doing the guitar playthroughs with Nuclear Blast and stuff like that. Do you plan on doing more uh, just for you directly as far as like for your personal fan base? Because you're in so many different projects and such. Well, I, I do have a, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I do have a Patreon page where people um, can uh, go to and... Uh, it's patreon.com forward slash Dino Cazares where they can go and uh, check out my other playthroughs. They can go check out my gear. I do have some downloadable content that are on there where they can, um, if they have any of the, any of these, um, uh, you know, software programs where you can download my tones and put them onto software programs, cool. yeah. whether it be Kemper or neural DSP, they can go there and they can download that stuff for free. They can put it on their stuff. Uh, everything to do with guitar and jamming and, you know, different instruments and different uh, pedals and amplifiers, they can all see that. Yeah, that's cool. And we'll put a link of that in the description and all the show notes or whatever so they can get access to that as well. Uh, speaking yeah. of... So my next interview has been calling me as we've been talking. Oh, okay. Um, well, we can wrap this up then, man. Um, we greatly appreciate I'm not it. Sure, I'm not sure how much time we have. Do you know for sure? Um. We're at 26 minutes here, but I mean, we can, if you're, if you're, you know what I mean? If you got to go, you want to hold go. on while I check really quick. Cause, um, yeah, my next one is starting now. Actually. No, you're okay. You're fine. All right, Dina. Well, we greatly appreciate it. So take care of business and uh, best of luck with aggression continuum coming out later this week and check them out on Patreon. Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Fearfactory.com for everything. Take it easy, man. Thank you. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road.